All right. 967. Uh, what's a good F word that would go with foundation? Um, uh, keep in mind, I've only done books one and two. Right. Foundation. Finding foundation. Foundation. I'm just going to Google F words. <laughs> Wait a second. I know we've done frolicking for an F word before. Yeah. Fun with foundation. Yeah, part one. Yeah. Because we're going to. Do you think we'll go through the whole series? I don't know. I, I think so. I mean, you. Well, let's. Let, let's we'll do it get into show. it, but fun. I'd be shocked if you didn't read book three. Yeah, having fun with fun, no fun with foundation. That seems good. Yeah. Okay. Should I say part one? Yeah. Until further notice. Yeah. All right. Episode nine hundred and sixty-seven. Fun with foundation. Part one. <laughs> Because inexplicably, you've stopped after Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian Bringing Theology at Warp Speed. I'm Ben Anderson. I'm Ben DeBono. We're back. What do you mean inexplicably? I just finished the second book like a week ago. Well, yeah, but like the second book does kind of end in a cliffhanger. I know, but we're just talking about like within the last seven days I finished it. So I don't don't feel like I've inexplicably stopped the series. Well, it feels inexplicable to me, but... I just looked. I finished it five days ago. (laughs) Give me a break. <laughs> we have a ton of things to get through. Right, that's true. That's uh, true. Hey, listeners, we're about to talk about Isaac Avaz... Okay, let me start over. Hi, listeners, we're about to talk about Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. Yes. Ben, I actually don't know a lot about this series. I'm, I've am i wanted to check it out last year. Let me just take a look here. I finished it last October. So, yeah, around that time, I, I started it for the first time. And, man, was surprised by how much I liked it. I don't know what I was expecting. But I ended up loving it. Well, have you read any Isaac Asimov? No, none. This was my first just last year. So last October, I read the first one. I'm sure you're you're vaguely familiar with like iRobot. Five days ago, I finished the second one. Well, my only, I mean, you'll, you'll be upset, but my only right. familiarity with iRobot is the Will Smith movie. Yeah. And that's it. So I know the laws. Right. Oh, I'm familiar with the laws. I don't know them by heart. Yeah. Like, I'm not as familiar with the iRobot laws as I am with so like, I, 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 Planet I not, Ape laws. I have not read as much Isaac Asimov as you might expect. I've read iRobot, and then I've read the Foundation series. Are they connected? Yes, actually. Tell me about it. How are they connected? So, I, I don't know which one he wrote first, but... So, there's a series of novels uh, that begins with iRobot, and then there's various... There's, like, a robot trilogy. But then, you know, they're connected in the sense of sharing the same universe. But he wrote... A series sequence of novels. There's a robot series, and there's Empire series, and there's Foundation, and they all take place leading up through this history of the Galactic Empire. There's a series called Empire, yeah. Because the second book I just finished is called Foundation and Empire. Right. It's about the Galactic Empire. So are they connected? Yes. Oh, so all three of these series are connected. Yes, they're all one timeline. So, so I Robot starts in near future, roughly okay. present day, and then going up to 30,000 years in the future. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Like yeah. Zero idea. So is there a reading order where you could... There is. Yeah. I mean, have you done that? No. I would be sort of interested no, in I, going I am in the correct in doing in order. It. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. obviously the different series in and of themselves are close, more closely grouped. Mm-hmm. But so it's not as though you have to read, because obviously I haven't, uh, the, the earlier series to, to appreciate Foundation, you can appreciate Foundation independently. But Foundation is set... In this same universe that includes these other series. Man, well, you know, it makes me think, like when we read Narnia, for example, you right. and I like to read them in publication order, not yeah. the way they've been reordered since then. <clears throat> right. So I wonder, maybe there are little hints if you were to read these in publication order where it kind of teases something you would recognize from iRobot. Yeah. 
So it, it could, and that's even true of, of Foundation though, because there's there's uh, seven Foundation books, okay. and so there's the the main trilogy. And then about 15, 20 years later, he wrote the two sequel novels, and then he wrote two prequel novels. Oh, wow. You just told me a bunch. I didn't know. I thought there were 10 books. No. And I didn't know how, like, you would ask, you know, why am I waiting to get to them? In a sense, I thought, well, no rush. There's like 10 books to get through, so I'm not going to ru- run yeah. through them all this year. No, you should really, like, you, if you think about the the trilogy, so the central trilogy of Foundation, Foundation and Empire, and Second Foundation... Uh, that's kind of that's what he wrote first and that's all that he wrote that in the 60s and okay. that's all that existed until the 80s when he wrote Even, foundation's edge and foundation and earth oh my goodness wow i didn't know that what about irobot do you happen to know where that landed i mean i could check but do you happen yeah to know? I, i'm sure it was around the 60s it was more early asimov uh but again it, you it outside of existing in the same universe there's no connection wow okay well you really helped me here because i'll definitely I will jump into book three sooner than I thought because of what you're saying. Yeah. I I just kind of thought I'm on a long journey. I'll kind of roll with it when I get to it. And there's uh, quite a few books I have lined up right now, and some are, are longer than others. Plus, we're doing the book poster over on the extra feed. We've got Dune right. we're still working our way through. So. Right. But this yeah, is good. Yeah. I mean, in, in terms of foundation, like as far as should you read them right after each other or not, uh, and I should preface this by saying I read all seven books when I was a teenager, so okay. I remembered very, very little about them uh, when I just started rereading them. Really, really enjoying them, actually. Um, so I'm on book four right now. So I'm going to say anything beyond book four, I only have vague ideas of what it is. So so if we wanted to keep on going <laughs> with our Fun with Foundation series, could we just cover iRobot, or do you think we'd have to give that its own title? Yeah, that would be its own series. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. I suppose that's true. So, but book four, starting with book two, uh, you know, they're, they're even like within book one, things are very individualized almost. And they, they were published as short stories originally. So it's like the first yeah. collection of kind of mini chapters is its own story. And that starts with Harry Seldon when he's still alive. And then you jump X number of years into the future and there's another set of chapters. All these were published originally individually as okay. stories and so there there is a, this overarching psychohistory of the thousand year gap between empires that's taking place from when selden establishes the foundation but you so you can't read them independently like you do need to read them in order but they're also it's not as though they're ending on cliffhangers mm-hmm. until you get to the end of book two mm-hmm. like the whole thing with the mule really changes foundation and i would say book three second foundation is much more of a direct sequel to book two so having it only been five days since i finished the first one yeah or sorry the second book you're saying you should get to the third book as soon as possible yes so the the gap because as you know between every part in these books there's a time gap Mm -hmm. so the time gap between the end of book two and the beginning of second foundation is very very small the mule's still alive at the beginning of second foundation where what you would normally expect from the series is that we're going to jump a hundred years and the mule will be dead yeah that was i mean i first of all i guess we're we're going to start to talk about spoilers here soon or maybe we just did but uh i get five stars of both books yeah yeah i i honestly it's the type of thing where it's like you never quite know how it's going to hold up when you yeah, read it as a teenager exactly. but also oh, I, like writers I, writers from that era you know like i like a lot of arthur c clark but there's a lot of arthur c clark that can be just painful to read you mm-hmm. know science kind of the golden age science fiction writers weren't always the best writers they had they were 
selling ideas more mm-hmm. than they were literature. And I'm not going to say this is like Herman Melville quality of writing because clearly it's not. But it it's really engaging. It doesn't feel dry. I don't know if we've... Oh, man, I want to come back to this, but just for a quick side note, I don't know if I've ever asked you... I'm sure we've talked about it at some point. I can't remember. What do you think of, with 2001 being your favorite movie, what's your, what are your feelings on the, the book? Just the first book, 2001. Yeah, so Arthur C. Clarke doesn't have the capacity for mystery or transcendence that Kubrick does, so everything is over-explained. Okay. And over-explaining kills 2001. Do you happen to remember what you gave it? I know I could Probably look it up. Probably four stars. Okay. All right. So back to this. You had started saying you don't know how it's going to hold up from when you read it as a teenager. Uh, that's not what I thought you were going with that. I thought you meant Isaac Asimov. Everyone knows who he is if you are if you have mild knowledge of yeah. science fiction. I didn't know how it would hold up just in general. Like I, I have right. this idea of it being great, but is it going to be great? Then I read the first book and loved it. Although I will say this is not a complaint, but maybe a slight complaint. As it was doing the time jump thing that you're describing – I felt like I'm just starting to get a grasp on what's happening in this world. I'm recognizing some characters who I'm happy to follow along with. And then 100 years has passed. All those characters are dead. And now you have to try to get, like, kind of start to understand like, again what's happening. So it's an, it's an interesting stylistic yeah. trait that you'll find in some novels. It's a little bit, uh, this isn't an exact comparison, but if you think of Lord of Light, it has a little bit of that quality where Lord of Light keeps having these mm-hmm. jumps in time. It's not a contiguous story from chapter to chapter. And then also Canticle for Leibowitz does something very similar, where we the, the book takes place over a massive time frame, and you're really getting snapshots. It, it, it is jarring if you've never read anything like that or aren't prepared for it. Uh, it's actually a really engaging way to read a story. And I, I, what goes through my mind when I read stuff like this is I think of, you know, these massive fantasy series like wheel of time or, uh, game of Thrones. Like how, how would that approach work with that? Like what if, cause the, the, these get bogged down in these middle novels. And it's like, we've been waiting for 11 years now in the next, uh, song of ice and fire book. Uh, how would it be different if, if they took that approach? And I'm not saying they should, but it's kind of an interesting thought experiment to the snapshot approach. Rather than try and tell the whole story from beginning to end, we're going to get a snapshot, and then we're going to get another snapshot. Like, imagine, and this is spoilers for uh, for season of Game of Thrones, but whatever, it's been out a decade. Like, imagine, you you know, you start the book where it starts, and then when Ned leaves for King's Landing, there's a jump ahead, and now he's in prison. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now you get a snapshot, and there's some stuff to catch you up and all of that. And so, it would be an interesting way to try and tell these massive stories, mm-hmm. rather than publishing, you know, thousand page volumes that get way too intricate and complicated because in a sense it's what he's doing like the scope of foundation isn't less than a game of thrones i'm not saying the world building is anywhere comparable to that or robert jordan or anything it's it's clearly not but the scope of this it's a thousand year story uh between the establishment of the foundation and what harry selden expects will be the development of the second empire at the end of this thousand year gap and so within that, you have the rise of planets and the rise of regimes and, you know, you have this massive upheaval and there's certain pockets in there that require a lot of attention, like the mule. Uh, but then there's other periods that don't. So the scope of the story is just gigantic, but it's like, okay, now we're going to hop out and then we'll hop back in and check on them later. It's a snapshot approach and it's very interesting. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned you've mentioned it a few times, and you know, we know there's listeners that just check out the podcast without actually reading the book. So I'll just say, 
you've mentioned Harry Seldon. Yeah. You've mentioned psychohistory. I, I will have you define psychohistory here for me in a second. But Harry Seldon is this character at the beginning of Foundation 1, uh, the book one, I should say. And I mean, for me, I instantly like this character yeah. and i'm i'm yeah so i i was interested in what psychohistory is and again i'll come back to you in a second for that so i can see from my review i did want to do, make a clarification i i just went back and read my review from about a year ago where i said i especially enjoyed the beginning of the book but as a whole i would rank the first two-thirds of the book much better than the last third and i think that has to do with the time jumps and maybe i was just starting to feel like okay now i the first i love the first part harry selden psychohistory that's all great and then all of a sudden He's dead. We're in part two. And then I believe there was a third time jump yeah. in the first book. There, and there's I might have there's been... quite a few. I think there might even be oh. a fourth. So I guess I don't remember exactly, but I might have been maybe let down a little bit because I can see, and here's my clarification. I actually gave us four and a half stars. You know, Goodreads doesn't let you do halves. Right. So I just saw the five. But now, if you were to have just ask me, what did you give this? I would have imagined five. So I feel fine just saying I like both of these at a five star level. But psychohistory is this fascinating idea. Anytime it comes up, I'm just intrigued in both books. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, so psychohistory, and and I want to. I'm going to compare it to a couple of other works because there's kind of this interesting, not trilogy because there's multiple volumes in here, but there's this this interesting triumvirate of, of science fiction works around this similar idea. But so psychohistory is that Harry Seldon develops a science, and of course we're never given the details on it because it would be far advanced from anything we have that can predict what the masses of humanity can do into the future with a stunning degree of accuracy. So it can't predict individuals. You can't predict if you're going to, you know, put on a, a black coat or a red coat, but it can predict what the mob can do like with the civilization. Mass, a civilization. So it's a civilization prediction engine. And so he predicts that the empire is on the verge of collapse. It's a unstoppable collapse. And that if this just goes its own way without any guidance, it will take 30,000 years for the next empire to emerge. However, if he sets up what he calls a foundation, then the foundation will kind of be this refuge of art or science and culture and all of that and will serve as a uh, shortening of this 30,000 years of barbarism in, in the galaxy and will establish a second empire a thousand years in the future. So psychohistory is the science of that. What's interesting is that, and this is obviously very scientific, very, um, you know, in terms of Arthur C. Clarke, he's not a, you know, he's an atheist. He's a very facts-based, kind of the, not I said Arthur C. Clarke, but yeah, Arthur C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, they're kind of exactly what you would think of of kind of these these early science fiction writers. But you, you read Canticle for Leibowitz, mm -hmm. and there's a shocking similarity and that's written from a deeply Catholic perspective of the same concept. So Canticle for Leibowitz takes place at this Catholic monastery. Similar thing where we have time jumps throughout the book and similar concept of we see them preserving civilization until humanity is ready for the reemergence. Mm -hmm. So the Canticle for Leibowitz opens with the at the end of a nuclear Armageddon and at the end of the book, we're on the cusp of the next nuclear uh -huh. Armageddon. The other, the third point in our triumvirate, which yeah, you know, you'll be intrigued by because I doubt you realize this is Dune. Well, yeah, this did have it, the two books that reminded me of the most would be Dune and the Hyperion series. Yeah, a little bit. So Dune, as we get further into the series, 
we get this concept of the golden path. Okay. So the golden path is very similar to this idea of guiding humanity into the future. Maybe I should say what I, when it reminded me of Dune, I was thinking I first read Dune about five years ago and then we reread it together last year. Or was that this year? That was last year. That was last year, yeah. Yeah. And loved it even more. I mean, I liked it the first time, loved it the second time. And I was just imagining, I was reading through this, I'm really into this, but I know I'm missing things. It's like, yeah, Asimov's writing style is next level, and that gets me through, even if I'm not quite understanding every plot point that's happening. Yeah. And so, but since you read as a teenager, I can't necessarily ask you this question, but I'm interested to know how much better are these on a reread? I, I imagine they'd be better, I'm sure. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It does. Yeah, it doesn't really count in my case. And with Hyperion, it feels like a first read. I'm pretty sure Time Vault is a thing in Hyperion and in, well, I know it's in this book. Isn't, yeah. Isn't it called Time Vault in Hyperion? I, it, Not it the same type be, of thing. But yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but there are other, I mean, I just, I feel like the higher level science and writing style, it, it reminded me of Dan Simmons. I, I think Dan Simmons is probably a better literary writer yeah. than Isaac Asimov. I mean, I'm not saying he's bad, but it's just like that's not what these golden age science fiction writers were going mm-hmm. for. I like what you said about idea. They were selling ideas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very much. So tell me more about this Dune thing. Are you excited then to see? Oh, yeah. I mean, you already get some hints of like the golden path in, in the first book. Though I don't think it's even named that until mm, book three. No, I haven't seen but, that. You know, like with Paul's prescience and all of that. But where the series, and I won't give any spoilers, but where the series develops is on this multi-millennia scale. Really? So from the... So Paul, who's the main character in the first book, he's set aside as the books continue? Yeah. So the first three books take place relatively close together. Book four is set 3,500 years from the end of book three. Really? And then book five is another 1,500 years in the future from that. Wow. So you're now 5,000 years from the beginning of Dune by the time, and then book five and six are grouped close together. On this show, or maybe I should say on Sci-Fi Christian Extra, do you see us doing a deep dive on all the books or just the main trilogy? I, Well, it, see, that's the thing. People, It's a mistake to think of it as just the main trilogy. By the time you get to the end of Children of Dune, you can stop there. It's the main trilogy in the sense that the first three books take place within about a 30 year period. So even less than that, 25 years. So So, you would prefer to do a deep dive on all of the books by, yeah, by the time what happens at the end of the third book is the story of the, it launches everything that happens thereafter. Okay. Okay. Well, that'd be fun. I mean, this is a multi-year project for us, but I'm into it. And in fact, recontextualizes everything that Paul did in this book. In okay. the first book. So we were going to do an intro on Dune Messiah, the second book in the series tonight. We're going to put that off for, until next week. Uh, and then will we do that? I can't remember what we did last time. Did we do the intro episode in the main feed to tease it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I think that's what we did last time, but I'll check to confirm. I, so. I, I think that's a good plan. All right. So back to Asimov. Where do you see us going with the series? You want me to just finish it off so we can... Do- well, I'd, I'd say at least finish Second Foundation and then... Uh, I'm enjoying Foundation's Edge. Foundation's Edge is much more of a novel. There haven't been any time jumps in it so far. And then I don't remember anything about Foundation and Earth. I wish I'd known there was a main trilogy before we did part one of this. Yeah. 
I just I, but on the other hand, I learned from you what I can expect from the series. Yeah, I, ideally, I'd love to. I don't think I'm going to, but I'd love to get through the prequels before the the series starts because they're going to pull all bunch of stuff from that. Uh, so the way that let's talk about the series, maybe as we, unless was there more you wanted to say about the books? No, I'm glad you brought the series. I almost forgot because at the end of the news episode, I was asking you what sparked this interest in you reading the foundation books because oh, yeah that was i it. had read the first book last year you never really brought it up i don't think we ever did an episode on it. well i'm sure we haven't yeah uh and then you recently encouraged me to read the second book and i don't I, I didn't really remember why i knew you wanted to do an episode but i guess the point is the series coming up is that it well the series and i think that the second like i i felt like if you didn't read the second book within a reasonable amount of time of the first one okay you weren't going to get nearly as much out of it because it is the continuation of the story. It okay. is this single, you know, multi-century story that's being told. Even though it's not like a novel, it's more like short stories. They're so interdependent on each other that I think you would rob yourself of that. And then also, I, I think I had re- just read the second book at that point, And I knew, you know, once you get the mule in there, like that's such an intriguing twist. Uh, of what happens and then you start to get into the second foundation and that completely throws you for a loop and you know i'm so glad you brought this up i did last week you sent me a link that i always jonathan strange and mr norrell is that the correct title yeah i have it wrong no you got it right um that that was on sale on audible so i got it for seven dollars which is a great deal on that book so i was thinking of jumping into that next but you're i feel like i would do second i'd finish the trilogy it's going to be short okay yeah, through it. You should also see if you can guess where Second Foundation is. Because, you know, it's this big mystery of mm-hmm. where is the Second mm-hmm. Foundation. See if you can figure it out. I did guess, but I can't guarantee that it wasn't some vague memory oh, coming back to me. True. So I did get it right, but I can't guarantee that it wasn't something in the back of my head that I wasn't consciously recalling, but was still there. I want you to finish your thoughts on the TV series. And when you're done with that, I found Asimov's suggested reading order. So oh, it's that's not the publication order. Okay. It's what he thinks. What order he... Uh, well, I'll tell you more when you get back. All right. So the, the TV series uh, is being produced by Jonathan Nolan okay. and is written by David Goyer, who can be hit or miss, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what he's doing. Uh, so I guess the way that they're going to do this is they're going to embrace the time jumps throughout this, but they're going to change something in here. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to justify this at the plot level. But some of the characters, like Harry Selden, are going to be contiguous throughout time. So they'll be immortal or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, the, the way they make them immortal in the two books so far, not, not literally immortal, but yeah. he, there's these video holographic yes. messages that he's left behind. So uh, Harry Selden keeps on popping up during crisis points in the story. Yes. And I love that. Oh, yeah. And I, I could see that being such an easy th- tool in the TV show. I, I get my reading of it was that it was going to be beyond that. But yeah, I mean, in the books, he's on screen more as a hologram mm-hmm. than he is because he's very brief at the beginning. I know how they'll do it on the TV show. Androids, yeah, robots. Yeah, it, it, they'll just have a Harry something robot that keeps It'll be popping a, up. A Westworld crossover. Oh, but Jared Harris from Mad Men is playing uh, Selden, which is going to be fantastic. I, I love him. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, and so I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. From wow. Here. I mean, I don't have Apple TV Plus, but I'll get it for the show. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know if it, you want me yeah, to. Yeah, that's, that's a good yeah, point. Maybe you it. should check it out first. You know, I because we it, should cover it on the show. It came you, free with my iPad for a year. It's been almost a year, so I bought the iPad in October. I've not watched Apple TV Plus once. I know. I it's 
the one streaming service I've never given a chance to, and I don't really feel like I'm missing anything, but this is intriguing. Yeah. Although I've heard good things about Ted Lasso. I, I have as well. Okay, so maybe I should check that out. All right, are you ready for this? Yeah. Here's a note I found online. And is this just for Foundation, or is this for the whole robot empire? I, I googled Asimov publication order, and I found this. Author, okay. The author's note of Prelude to Foundation contains Asimov's suggested reading order for his entire sci-fi book is this worth reading it's it, it i should say sci-fi book collection it looks like i'm about to read 15 titles well, let, let's go for it and then we'll wrap up this episode yeah. all right here we go the complete robot and or i robot okay when it says the complete robot is that a book or is that i the think series? it's a short story collection okay next caves of steel which is will you fill in the book i don't know where these are from yeah i think know. i think that's uh the robot series okay. book one. The Naked Sun. I think that's also robot series. The Robots of Dawn. Yeah. Robots and Empire. Okay, I think and, that's getting into the... Here, let me... Let, I'm going to pull yes. this up because okay. that'll help. Rather it is guessing. interesting though because we just read and the second book in the Foundation series is called Foundation and Empire and then he's got Robots and Empire. I kind of like what he's doing here. Okay, so... So Naked Sun, Caves of Steel, Robots of Dawn are those... Yep. Okay. Yep. So here we go. Uh, next one. Robots and Empire. Yep. Next. The Currents of Space. Uh, so now that's the first in the Empire series. Okay. The Stars Like Dust. That's, yeah, Empire 2. Pebble in the Sky. Empire 3. Prelude to Foundation. That's the prequel novel number one. Forward the Foundation. That's the prequel. Then Foundation. Yep. Foundation and Empire. Yep. Second Foundation. Foundation's Edge. Foundation and Earth. Yes. So it seems like we're reading this in the exact wrong order, according to Asimov himself. Well, what are you going to do? We're trying to have fun with Foundation, and he's making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> well, that's true. So are we, So <laughs> this is kind of weird. I, I do feel a little bit bad now. Should I go back and try to catch up? I don't see myself I, reading I, 17 yeah, books I, to get to I, this I, I think you need to let go of the completionist and just read Second Foundation. And okay, and see where Read the Foundation books and see where you want to go from there. Okay. Oh, that, that was Maybe a, you'll you'll say that's enough, Isaac Asimov. Should we be done with foundation fun? That's true. That's you never know. Maybe you'll be saying that. I, don't know. I mean, I like it so far, so we'll see what happens. But or maybe you'll say, "Give me a shot of that robot." <laughs> that would be a good series <laughs> title. I gotta write that down. All right, I'm gonna hit the music band. This was a very enlightening episode for me because well, I'm that's in, good. I'm interested in this series, and I learned a lot about where I could go next. Although. At the same time as I, I learned about what could happen next, I also became slightly overwhelmed at what there is out there. Well, just you're you're just reading Second Foundation. Okay. Well, I'll take it one book and at a time. Every episode, you become less of a normie. That's a good thing. That's a callback to our news episode from the last, uh, very last episode, actually. But for now, listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben DiBono. And we're the Cypher Christians signing off. Goodbye. I will say, if you happen to have read these series and you have your own suggested rating order we'll hear from you i mean well, of you course. want to be more overwhelmed well, everybody, i am interested in other people's no, thoughts you gotta read the first five chapters of caves of steel then jump right into the pebble in the sky so write us at feedback at the sci-fi christian.com but that's it goodbye goodbye